0: are listening to a R- Rumination Tuesday Law and Gospel on this July the 27th in the year of our Lord 2021. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me is Pastor Mark Smith, and we're going to be taking a look at the hymn, Guide Me, O Thou Great Redeemer. This is a Welsh hymn, and it is really well known, Guide Me, O Thou Great Redeemer, And it is written by an individual whose, I believe it was his son, did the translation. It is a hymn of the day for this coming Sunday. And the LSB contains two settings of this tune. One is 850, the other is 918. We're going to be taking a look at 918. The Wells Hymn has its author, author William Williams, and he had written this some time ago, and it was originally used at sporting games, and miners would sing it when they were in the caves. And finally, people said... No, you you need to put this tune into the church. The tune, as with most Welsh tunes in general, is traditionally sung in four parts. In the one part, the last three syllables are in Welsh practice, repeated by the alto and bass as they ascend the arpeggio. Uh, For example, in the English version of stanza one, the alto and bass would sing, Feed me till I want no more, want no more. And this repetition of want no more occurs on beats two and three. The last beat in the phrase is held slightly for greater effect. So, guide me, O thou great Redeemer, and we'll be taking a look at it. And I just want to know from Pastor Smith, do you think you'll
1: be using that for this Sunday? Definitely. We, I'm all, I almost always use this hymn uh, to close with. Uh, I love this hymn. Uh, in fact, I've found that the Welsh hymns are always really uh, beautiful hymns. I don't know what it was about those Welsh, but they love to sing and they, they love beautiful hymnody. You know, I've been told... I don't know how true this is, but I've been told that th- this was Lady Diana, one of her favorite hymns. In fact, I think it was sung at her funeral. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I didn't listen to the funeral because of the guy who was singing about her. You know, the homosexual. Right, right, right. So yeah. forget no, I, about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh... Yeah, I'm unaware of that. Guide me, O Thou Great Redeemer. So without further ado, why don't you please read the first stanza?
1: Guide me, O Thou Great Redeemer, pilgrim through this barren land. I am weak, but Thou art mighty. Hold me with Thy powerful hand. Bread of heaven, bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Feed me till I want no more. And
0: there's that repetition mm-hmm. that they were talking about in Welsh hymns Bread of Heaven, Bread of Heaven. Now, there's a lot of metaphors in this first verse. Gimme O thou great redeemer. How would you explain redeemer to a child?
1: Well, uh an illustration I used to use is uh, uh when a boy lost his sailboat in a in a a creek and uh he he lost it, went down the creek, and could not get it uh a week or so later, he saw it in the store window of uh a local shop, and uh it would, there was a price on it and uh, he i don't know if he mowed lawns or delivered papers or whatever until he could raise enough money to buy that boat back. He redeemed it, he bought it back. And that's what we've, that's what happens to us. We've, you know, we we fell into sin through Adam and Eve. And uh, Christ had to buy us back with nothing less than his own precious blood.
0: That's a good explanation because the Redeemer was used in Jesus' day to free a slave. Right. Um, After a time, the slave would be redeemed by the master and he would be free right. and it's so, talked
1: about it's talked about in the book of Ruth a lot in what sense well in the uh let's see Ruth ended up married Boaz right Boaz and... was their redeemer relative and he could uh it's a little bit involved but he was one designated person that could uh that could I guess, buy back their the field, and also, uh, as, as we know, he ended up marrying Ruth.
0: Right. There was a gentleman ahead of him who had priority, right. according to ceremonial law. And right. he went to him, and the gentleman said, no, I don't want to marry her. I've got enough with my own family, and that's just going to be too much. So Boaz paid him in order to be able to marry Ruth. And of course, they had a child, and soon David was born, not of them, right. but yeah. of others. Right. And so it continued the line. A lot of people don't realize that. The book of Ruth is a continuation of the line to Jesus Christ. And That's if right. she hadn't married, then we would have a problem of not being saved.
1: Yeah, and Ruth, uh, ironically, Ruth was a Moabite. You know, she was she was a Gentile originally. She was, and yet she was grafted in and ended up being the the great grandmother or the grandmother of King David, one or the other. What we have are two Gentile women
0: in uh, the genealogy leading to Jesus. Do you remember who the other one was? Rahab. Rahab of Haran. Very the good. It's yeah. Jericho. Right. That's right. And she's the one that protected the spies. Right. And therefore, her family was not attacked by the Israelites, and she became one of them. And it was continuation of her marriage to leading to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So that's a good explanation of Redeemer. The, the next word is Pilgrim. Through this barren land, what does that possibly mean, pilgrim?
1: Well, we're we are pilgrims. You know, there was a there was a book that was uh, written, Pilgrim's Progress. I'm trying to think of the author. Who was the author? Is a, a famous author, a famous book. But we are all pilgrims through this barren land. Uh, we're we're. Uh, what does pilgrim mean? Pilgrim is one that is. Uh, Making a pilgrimage? <laughs> no, it's it's one that's uh, it's traveling, uh, traveling to a, a specific destination, um, and which it's is not really around.
0: part of the people.
1: Not really part of the. Oh, I you, you, you're making him distinct. A pilgrim is distinct from the others. Yes, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Right.
0: Uh, he doesn't belong. Right. And uh, we're pilgriming through this barren land. now, would you say that's true about us in the United States that we
1: have well, a barren land? No, no, in a sense, no, but in another sense, you know w- we talk about our our earthly life as being a veil of tears. I mean compared to what compared to what what we're headed for, I mean we're headed ultimately toward that new heaven and new earth which will be uh, glorious in every respect and uh and compared to that, this is a veil of tears. We still have many sorrows, some of us less than others uh it uh, you know some of us have a tough time i mean it it's <clears throat> sometimes people have a rough time in life and uh it can be a, a barren land uh, physically as well as uh as even spiritually, particularly if they're without the savior.
0: And, and this really opens up how we ought to talk to those who are not Christian. Recently, I listened uh, to a YouTube salesman. Uh, he really makes a lot of money in selling all kinds of things. And he was explaining to the audience how best to sell. So let's use the example of a car. When somebody comes in, he doesn't tell them, Well, here's what this car can do and gives all the wonderful mechanics on it. I mean, I've got a Corolla right now, and it tells me when I leave a certain lane, it slows me down automatically when I'm getting too close to a car in front of me. It's got all kinds of these tweaks. He says, no, that's not the way to sell. Instead, you talk to the person and see what their needs are. And then you talk about the car in a way that fulfills their needs. It's a huge difference. And that's also about when we preach the law and gospel. People, and you really hit it on the head, that we are weak, God is mighty. Well, find out where that weakness is and then show how the might of God overcomes that in their being weak. And, uh, for example, we just had a listener to KFUO that became a Lutheran, and the thing that convinced him was the following. We talk about that we're not saved by our works, but we're saved by grace through faith. He had never heard that, and he said the burden... Of trying to do good works in order to get to heaven was lifted because it's a burden since nobody is able to do it. And I think that's what this hymn is saying that I am weak, but thou art mighty, and his might is what saves us.
1: Right. Yeah, you hit the head right on the you hit it right on the head with the gospel. That's what that uh, salvation by grace through faith in Christ, that is the heart of the gospel. By right. grace alone. Yes.
0: That's what the whole reformation was about.
1: Yeah, and, and there are people out there that are really hurting and and just it's like you say, a a weight, a tremendous weight is lifted off them when they know that as miserable sinners as they are, God God has atoned for their sins, too. He's redeemed them as well.
0: Yeah, the church is often described as a hospital for sinners. Well, can you imagine an emergency room receives a patient who is in a car accident, and they have a broken leg. And so the doctor is with them, and he says, Well, I hear that your uh, hand is hurting because you're on the computer so much. Do you want me to fix that? And the person says, doctor, I've got a broken leg. That's what you need to fix. And so often the Christian message can be telling them something that's fixable that they feel they don't need. And that's why always talk to the person and find out what their weakness is, what their needs are, and then turn to the gospel to help them. Okay. Hold me with thy powerful hand. Now, who do you think that's talking about?
1: Hold me with thy powerful hand. Well, we, uh, Jesus is sometimes talked about as being the right hand of God. Hold well, me with look thy at powerful- the very next phrase. Yeah. Bread of heaven, bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Also, he's also the bread of heaven. But that's a beautiful picture, that uh, hold me with thy powerful hand. That's, that's a picture of a, of a little child who's weak and, uh, and liable to slip and fall. Uh, and, and you hold me up, Lord Jesus. Take hold of my hand. Reminds
0: you of the feeding of the 5,000. Feed me till I want no more. Feed me till I want no more. That's right. It it says the five thousand men, and that isn't even counting the women and children That's who right. were there.
1: That's right. That probably as many were, as uh, probably as many as eight or nine thousand. Who now? Who knows? Yeah. So as many
0: as were fed by God, Jesus. Then later on, he says, "You know, you saw the sign." In, in fact. It's in this gospel reading for this week. You saw, but you missed the sign. In other words, you thought I was going to be a bread king. I am the bread of life, but in a totally different way than you imagined. And so it even says that the disciples did not
1: understand what he was saying. That's right. And in fact, it also says, and their hearts were hardened. Tom. That's right. you remember that? Uh, what that's does that what my... mean? What is that? Was that, you know, we talk about how terrible it is to have our hearts hardened. Were they just unable to uh, understand the, uh, the loaves and their significance? What do you think on that?
0: Well, the word hardened is used of another man in the Old Testament, feral. Yes. And therefore we find that being hardened means there is unbelief Mm -hmm. now in the case of the disciples here they saw the feeding of the 5000 they also saw jesus stand up in the boat and say peace be still and what did they say who is this man who can do these things
1: that even the wind and sea obey him yes
0: they kept missing the sign right and it was hardened because they just couldn't realize it really wasn't until the resurrection that right. their hearts were softened and they came to an understanding. And I made the point that every time you and I sin, that's a hardening of our hearts. Yeah. Cause we're that's saying, right. no, not God's will, but my will. All right. I'll read stanza two. Open now the crystal fountain. Whence the healing stream doth flow. Let the fiery, cloudy pillar lead me all my journey through. Strong deliverer, strong deliver. be thou still my strength and shield, be thou still my strength and shield. Here again, we get metaphors. What's referred to the
1: crystal fountain? Well, that's, uh, that's when Moses was told to strike a rock and outflowed water to a sage of the thirst uh, of the children of Israel. That's uh, uh, one instance. And then, of course, it talks about the fiery, cloudy pillar. Well, that's how that's how God manifested Himself as He led the children of Israel through the wilderness, was by that uh, uh, a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night.
0: Yeah, I use those as an example for the Lord's Supper. I say, is God a cloud? and or a pillar of fire? And the answer is no, but he is present right. in that cloud. Right. And similarly, is God a piece of bread or a sip of wine? No, but the body and blood is present in that bread and that wine. That's
2: and so right. when
0: we receive it, we are being led on our journey through by a strong deliverer. Strong deliverer. Now, deliverer is very much like redeemer, isn't it? Right.
1: Yes. Strong deliverer.
0: What it's explained is this is the deliverer is used for those who are already Christian. The redeemer is for unbelievers, that they oh. become redeemed. Mm-hmm. But once you're a Christian, you still need his strength and shield and yes. therefore be still my strength and shield yeah
1: all sorts of metaphors strength and shield as well yes
0: yeah paul talks about shield in a passage where i don't know i actually bought uh, about a 4 foot tall soldier that uh, is in metal and it has the parts that Paul talks about.
1: You remember what those parts are? Yeah, let's see. Put on the uh, the well the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, Excellent. uh the belt of truth, uh right. the feet are feet shod with the gospel. Yes, is that all of it? That's really what
0: this verse is talking about. It's pointing back those protective coverings on us all right would you read stanza
1: three okay when i tread the verge of jordan bid my anxious fears subside death of death and hell's destruction land me safe on canaan's side songs of praises songs of praises I will ever give to thee, I will ever give to thee.
0: Yes. What does the word
1: verge mean? Uh, Let's see, the verge. uh, Well, when we're on the verge of something, you're right on the edge. You're right, ready to plunge in. Uh, You're ready to uh, begin something and that's uh, that's what they were when they crossed the Jordan River into uh into the land of Canaan that was promised to them the promised land
0: yes because they take a look at it and they wonder boy i'm anxious yes. to go over this and how are the fears subsided
1: yeah uh Remember how? Remember how they were? They described the people. They said we're we're like grasshoppers to the to these people, con, uh, comparing size. Uh, let's see how were they? Uh, oh, well, for for one thing, the Jordan River parted for them.
0: Exactly.
1: Right. A lot like the Red Sea. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty that's a pretty encouraging sign, don't you think? <laughs> I do.
0: Although there's a thing that happens there. I think it's at the crossing of the Jordan where they're carrying the Ark of the Covenant and it begins to slip and a man goes to grab it. And that's not what the Lord wanted.
1: No. Remember? Yeah, I thought that was later. I didn't know that was... uh, I don't remember that being right, right when they're crossing the Jordan River, but maybe it was.
0: Yeah, I can't recall either at this point. But... When we cross the Jordan River, or when we cross any river, it's important to follow the will of God and not be anxious. So how does God today subside our anxiousness?
1: Well, he, he refers us to those signs of his promise. Now, remember the uh the Old Testament Excellent. reading for last Sunday, he puts his his rainbow in the heavens to assure us that he'll never destroy the world again by flood, and he gives us the sign of our baptism. Uh and uh, baptism and of course again the mention of the Lord's supper. Yes. Those are those are th- distinct signs that are to put us at ease and uh in fact every day, every day well, and there's also, of course, let's not forget the sign of the cross. Yes. And and for that matter, the empty Easter tomb. Those things yeah. are, are precious, comforting signs for us. The resurrection.
0: When we talk about the flood and the rainbow, do you think a rainbow existed before the flood came?
1: That's, uh, that's debatable, I think. Uh, it could have, but um, I, I frankly don't think it did. I don't think it did, but uh, that has been debated as to whether the rainbow was there. You know, there there are people that even don't that don't even think it rained much prior to the flood. So the, these are points of debate. But uh, what do you think?
0: I I do think because the way the clouds come together in the sun, that's how the rainbow appears. Yeah, and I don't see how it wouldn't have happened. But he takes something with which they're familiar, and he makes it a sign. Yeah, so now right. when they look at it, boy, they remember his promise. Mm-hmm.
1: That's entirely possible,
0: yes. Yeah, I enjoy watching uh, movies of Armageddon or The End of the World. And every one of them, things are happening that people expect the world to be destroyed. And that's not possible because he's going to come as a thief in the night so there's right. no there's not going to be a forewarning yeah yeah completely by surprise that's right completely by surprise so how do we respond uh it says land me safe
1: on Canaan's side what's Canaan Canaan is the promised land. For us, it's the, really, for, it's the real promised land, namely uh, heaven itself. Yes, and
0: we will have songs of praises, songs of praises. I will ever give to thee. I will ever give to thee. Now, the one and thing I, hope, I learned. Tell you,
1: they'll, they'll, oh. I'm sure they'll be just as pretty, if not more so, than this beautiful hymn.
0: Yes. Um, you know what this week is, don't you? A remembrance of a great composer. Johann oh. Sebastian Bach. Oh, Bach. Bach. Yes. Uh-huh. No. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, they, they talked about it on a on another program, the Coffee Hour, earlier. Was it, his, it was... his birth his birth date? So Johann Sebastian Bach was considered to be the greatest of composers, and they had lots of quotes about that. All right, thank you very much, Pastor Mark Smith, for being with us today. Next week, we'll have another hymn. This is a sign for this coming Sunday, August 1st, and we hope you're in a congregation where it will be sung. God bless you.